Have you ever been knocked down and found it hard to get up? Have you ever been knocked down and bounced back to come back even stronger? Hi, I'm Gaurav Bhagat and you can call me GB and welcome to the Smash Bashed Yet Not Dashed podcast. A fortnightly podcast where I speak about persistence, perseverance and overcoming the odds to come out ahead. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I have today a very special guest on the Smashed Bashed Yet Not Dashed podcast. Um, someone who really stood out when she first appeared on TV as a gritty contestant on the hit MTV show Roadies all the way back in 2006. After that, played an active role with MTV, followed up with a first runner-up finish on Big Boss 10, appears in a starring role on the Emmy-nominated hit Amazon show, Four More Shots, Please!, an inspiration to millions, not only in India, but around the world, and someone who is as passionate about fitness as she is about acting, and someone who really, really, like really cares for animals. Welcome, Bunny. Hi, thank you so much. That was such a sweet introduction. And I love the, the view right behind you. I actually thought that's a Zoom background, but that is that is for real, right? For real, for real. It is like so golden on that side. Like from my bedroom, you can see this whole thing, the whole valley. Yeah, I like to call it the valley, but it's not a valley. But uh, I just love it. It's so awesome to see it every day. And I come back and I see my dog at the windowsill and we're just like, oh my goodness, it's crazy. It's so nice. Yeah, truly, truly a luxury, uh, you know, in the part of the world that you're in. It's it's a rare sight. So awesome. And I totally love that. Alrighty. So... Um, Bunny, I know it's been a crazy, crazy few months uh, now. And at the get-go, just wanted to know how you've been doing through this, you know, trying time and this trying period. So how's it been for you over the course of the last few months? Um, well, I honestly cannot complain. That's what I've been saying since, you know, everything got locked down last year. That's the only thing that I've been saying when people ask me, like, how are you doing? I always say, whatever the situation is, I cannot complain. I honestly don't have anything to complain about. I have roof of my head. I have really good food to eat. I get to train. I get to chill with my dog. I don't, I'm not financially, you know, struggling in any aspect. So yeah. I just come and I look at the sunset and I appreciate everything that I have because that perspective is everything in a situation like everyone's been stuck in of late. Um, and the past few months, actually, I was pretty fortunate because I got to go to the States. I was traveling all over, visiting family and just chilling. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I came back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, you know, of course, you are family and I've known you since you were like really little. But I, I keep seeing, you know, your love and your and your passion for pets. So when did this all really begin? I mean, when did this love for, you know, pets and, 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 and you know, dogs in particular really begin? Because it's something I found really fascinating about you ever since you were like really little. I mean, I I mean, if my, my mom were here, she would probably tell you like 10 stories about how when I was small, I would just keep adopting animals off the street. I would just stray animals and bring them home. And she was all for it too, though. Like I can tell you stories about how she and I would, when she was packing up from the office in sector 26, like we'd just see like an abandoned dog somewhere who just looked like he really needed a bath and like a home and like a good meal. And like we'd just take him home and give him a bath and feed him, you know, and like... Uh, help him feel good about what it was and we tried to get him adopted and in sector 10 there was this uh, I forgot what it was called there was a little place in sector 10 on the roof or whatever they had like a shelter slash rescue kind of place going on mm-hmm. and I used to go there on weekends and stuff to like help out and like say is there anything I can do with the animals like I was just a kid like I was I just wanted to take care of animals and 
um, I just really enjoyed. I don't know. I just I just love animals, man. And uh, always had dogs at home. Dogs, cats, birds. You know, whatever comes by, creepy crawlies mm-hmm. is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it just kind of expanded a bit last year because then this whole this pig arrived right was right behind my building when I was walking right. my dog. I don't know if you saw the pig's thing. It was like a huge. It went for a while. I did see that. Yeah. And I had like kind of adopted this uh, mama pea and her ten piglets. She gave both in front of me, dude. It was insane. And uh-huh. you know, like uh, so, I just nursed them all and fed them. And like mm-hmm. I had all of them. I tried really hard to get them adopted by like a farm and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. check them out. They were massively overcrowded and obviously understaffed because it was COVID. And I was like, maybe it's better for them to just be left here because if they come here, they might be totally miserable. I don't know what the situation is gonna be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just like I just want to get them neutered so that they don't keep procreating because you yeah. know yeah. Yeah. it'll be like a litter and then there'll be another litter and it just won't stop. So they're a nuisance because then I think people will just like try and kill them, which is not okay. So, so I want to do what. So true. Yeah, I've, I've always found that amazing. I mean, I remember that you know you came to our home maybe like twenty five years ago and you're like, so you know what happened to Droopy? And I'm like, oh my god, like you still remember like the name of like Droopy and Hot Dog, like two dogs that we had like twenty five years ago. That's that's exceptional. So truly awesome. I mean, he was quite a character that dog, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. indeed, indeed, yeah. Our, our kids have been like after us for you know having pets at home. I think we're gonna give in soon and and get them some dogs now. So, you should. Yeah, yeah, we will, we will. So, like me, okay, you were also sent off to boarding school uh, as well, uh, fairly early. And um, so Woodstock, right? And uh, so Woodstock days, biggest takeaways and learnings from actually going ahead and, you know, heading out to boarding school and and heading up to Woodstock. Well, I wasn't sent away. I uh, forced my mom to send me. She had sent my sister to Woodstock as sort of punishment. I don't even remember. Mm -hmm. And sending her here for a punishment what punish me I'll be the bad one you know like please sit there mm-hmm. it's it happened a few times in my life where I've just like been to like a place or I've been in a situation where I just know I'm meant to be here yeah. and that happened to me when like when you like drive down this slope and you enter Ridgewood Court which is the basketball court down with the dorms mm-hmm. and as soon as we went there and we, we touched down and I was like oh my goodness like I need to be here it was just such a resounding like all of my in my entire body I just knew like you have to be here Right. So I, I sulked and cried for like an entire year maybe. And then finally, you know, I got in on a scholarship and everything. And I was there and I was, yes, I made it. Um, and I loved it. Like I totally, everything from the attitude of the teachers, the other students, the fact that it's a, you end up like a, what they call in Woodstock is like a third culture kid, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because Woodstock has like a culture of its own. There's so many foreigner so many people from different countries and cultures and everything coming together you don't have a uniform there and there's so much respect given to every single country it's like whoever's there from like whether it's Bhutan, Korea, Nepalese people whether it was German people whoever it was mm. like you them on like their national independence days and stuff like dressing up in their independence like the national outfits and stuff like that and you know you'd have like different cuisine days and stuff like that you have like bake sales and it was just so cool because you got so much exposure at a young age and consistently. It wasn't just like you went for a holiday somewhere for like six months and you came back. Yeah. It was like years, you know, like five, six years. Yeah. So it definitely teaches you so much more about, I hate the word being tolerant, when, especially when it comes to like, you know, getting along with people because I feel like you shouldn't be tolerant. You should be learning to be accepting. Tolerant, mm-hmm. 
putting up with it you know so it definitely taught me to be so openly um, accepting of people of their cultures of their differences and everything like that and just learning how to coexist which is i think the most important lesson that humanity humanity should be learning but no one is teaching us right um so it was like that and it was just great like i just i think i really grew into like the person that i was going to become when i was at woodstock cuz i just enjoyed the education system i loved the art program cuz i was doing art there so much and you know just having a school in masuri man like and having you know that's why i think i appreciate sunsets and like beautiful views and nature so much and animals there were so many langurs and monkeys there we would see during the monsoon time walking mm-hmm. up and down and like hearing azan playing and i i've talked about some instagram it was just like it was just so stunning you know everything and i was like, oh my god and i was just feeling so much gratitude every time like every day like i was like oh this is amazing oh, this is amazing mm-hmm. it's very rare for you to be aware of the fact that you are in a situation that is just that just makes you feel overwhelmingly like oh i just want to take it all in i just want to take it all in you know like that and i was mm-hmm. in that like five years <laughs> so i think it just instilled in me this attitude of like oh, i just want to like oh so good i just want to soak it up Nice. um so yeah i mean yeah i think i i mean i'm sure i can't remember i was definitely had some instances where people tried to bully me in school in high school for sure that happened mm-hmm. uh but i mean it wasn't anything that scarred me for life it was just like you know kids have right. differences and then that's what it is but definitely like i learned a lot you just learn a lot in high school right school middle school whatever it is yeah. so whatever was that is made me made me who i am today <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I completely agree as well because, like I said, uh, you know, went up to Sanaa, and that's where boarding school for me was. And um, of course, I learned a lot of valuable lessons. Of course, I mean, the bullying and the beating was there. Guys get a little more than the than the girls. Sure, that happens, yeah, for boys especially. Yeah, like, yeah. So we have a day called Initiation Day, which is when our seniors, like especially when you go to high school, all mm-hmm. the seniors, like that's the officially the way that they introduce all of the ninth graders. That's that's your entry into high school, right? Right. And, like have a whole day where we have to like do things in order like dares or whatever in order to like signatures from them and you know whatever the yeah. like respect but it's like officially a whole day in school so when you're in school you have to like they, even the teachers are aware of it and they're like oh i got to do this for so and so and like it's always some cute stuff but then some stuff is like oh my goodness i don't know what's going to happen today you know it's like that sure that sure that when you got to like, clean their rooms and like, anything they can just make you do anything like you know no yeah, yeah. agree agree Yeah so let's let's move forward a few years now and it's uh, 2006 and you're going to you know sign up for Rodis I know it's a long time back but what was your inspiration first for you know even going on to the show and once you were there like what was your what were your big fears and how did you overcome that Well um Rodis I had never seen the show Rodis because we were in Woodstock and we never watched TV there was no cable or anything like that we right. were always in extracurricular mm-hmm. like sit in a room and watch screen was not something that sound appealing to me at all while i was in i was like nah i'd rather go out and play basketball i'd rather go to this or rather go to that whatever people right, right. Uh, and um, so when what happened was like i was chatting with my mom and i think we had like so, a few months did i heard back from the colleges abroad that we'd apply to or whatever and then um in that time we were, we were thinking it was a weekend i remember it was saturday or friday i don't know and she was going through the paper and we were thinking of, we'd go watch a movie this mm-hmm. was back the day when movie listings used to come in the newspaper in the local newspaper and used to check the show timings yeah yeah before you had apps to book shows <laughs> sure that uh, I've really aged myself with that statement but it's okay power through <laughs> and then uh, so we were looking for a movie and then like on the last page there was like a half 
out of this guy in like a Hawaiian shirt and like a cap or something. And I said, come and try out for roadies or something like that. Uh, and mom was like, hey, why don't you go try out for this? I was like, what is it? And she was like, I think it's like a travel show. I was like, oh, cool, a travel show. Mm-hmm. I was like, I just well. Uh, yes. Sorry. Huh. No oh, I think and I was like, oh, cool. It sounds like a fun thing, a travel show. Why don't I just explore the country before I go abroad? Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the next day. The auditions were at Sunday at like 10 in the morning or something. So I was like, cool, if I wake up, I'll go. Sure enough, I woke up, I got ready and I went. Um, and I just like finished, uh, you know, graduated from Woodstock. So I was just like in my Woodstock, full full formation of Woodstock was with me embodying that energy. And I went to this audition. Okay. There were literally five girls in the line. Mm-hmm. I had I just walked in and I sat down for this like group discussion thing. And they were like, and I realized when I sat down, oh, everyone's speaking in Hindi. Oh, okay, that's cool. And there was one question that Rajiv was asking because they have group discussions in different rooms with different people there. Um, judging it or whatever and some like question about girls and clothes and you know attention which still carries on till today actually and so people spoke before me that I was like oh, okay I gotta speak it in the or I gotta do this and then like, I picked up a few things here and then I was like and then I said make my point and they're like okay and I was sitting in the center of the room and I just knew that like you know when someone's you know you know when there's energy focused on you right so I was like but so that I'm it. I know what they're looking for. I'm probably it. And then I got shortlisted. And then the next day there was an interview, this one-on-one interview thing, which I was so confused by because I didn't understand what on earth they were doing. I was like, what are these questions? What are you trying to get at? Like, I was just, I had no idea what they wanted. Right. And then I started there thinking, I have no idea what that was about. I have zero idea. And I don't think that I got it. And then uh, mom came to pick me up. And they actually have a clip of this. She came to pick me up. And then they had a list of names out saying whoever's got, you know, who's, gotten in or whatever right, right. on that list so on the original list that they came out with my name wasn't there and then really? they, I was looking at it and the camera was on me and you know they like asked me for is your name there and I was like no it's not there and they're mm-hmm. like what my name's not there I'm leaving and I remember the camera guy was uh, Kamal actually who like who's obviously done 20,000 seasons of roadies since then I've right. worked so right. cool and he was like what and I was like it's not there and then Ayan was there Ayan is a producer for MTV and she goes no of course it's there this is my dog badge mm-hmm. and the sunset. Boy, good boy, hi. <laughs> and um, so then they they took the list off and then they scribbled my name on it and they put it back up. They're like, now look. And I was like, are you for real? And then I had to like do like a retake, retake of my reaction. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, look, my is there. <laughs> like followed me out and cool. then my and then I gave her a hug and she's like, what happened? I was like, my name is there. She goes, really? I said, yeah. She goes, cool. I said, yeah. And then that was it. <laughs> it was pretty nice. anticlimactic because uh-huh. I was like, Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. And then you went all the way and then you went like, you know, like yeah. up. so well done. Yeah. It was a, it was a trying, any reality show I've ever been on has been kind of trying for me. I'm it's sure. not quite trying just because people just, people change when the camera is on them and then they like, I don't know, it's like an attention thing. They want to like be the focus of it or. True that. I don't know. So it's, it brings out different sides in different people. So I got to see all sides of all kinds of people over the years on these kind of shows. And uh, yeah, and that's why I've done, I did, I think I did roadies and then like 10 years later, I did the next one, which was Big Boss because it took me that long to recover from it. I was like, I ain't ever going to do another reality show, guys. Mm-hmm. So it was like that. It was very, very taxing. And you, I don't know, but I guess it makes sense. They do them, they make kids do them and they're so much younger because that's, you know, when you're younger, you're just more like, more you're highly defensive because you want to like protect who you are you know and then if 
like trying to instigate a reaction from you or trying to challenge you you be like all right i'm up for the challenge let's go you know mm-hmm. i'll back okay. with you it was like that and they would just like mock me and stuff like really petty stuff like right right i was like what and i saw a couple of the episodes towards the end and i was saying such deep things for like an 18 year old yeah and like dude man i was really deep even when i was 18 that's cool respect panji <laughs> Going, you know, like, like I was, people, like I was sitting on a rooftop at like three in the morning because some girl wouldn't let me sleep, and she kept disturbing me. And I was like, I went to the roof and I started screaming because I just wanted to like vent out this. I was so upset about the way that she was behaving, and I was like, she just wants like a reaction. Or what does she want? I went, I screamed at the top of my lungs, and I was mm-hmm. like, I like a cold coffee with some cookies and like a session with my shrink. I said that because <laughs> when I was. In- I was in counseling for like five years. Like we would go every day, like every other day, every every day. I'm saying every, right. like, I think twice a week or something, and go and have a session or something like that. Because they had a counselor then. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. And I've gotten counselors through the years in Woodstock that I just found really helpful. Like it was just nice to talk to someone who's older than you, had more perspective, and you know, back on certain situations. So I thought that was really nice to have some kind of guidance. Right. Um, so that was pretty cool. So. I mean, I can't believe I yelled that when I was eighteen. I was like, "Nice!" <laughs> like I, I had like no shame about anything, which I thought is such a is so cool to yeah. Yeah. be that myself. Like I was like, "Noise!" Right. So, yeah. so so cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'm sure uh, you know a lot of people relate to what you just said. So. <laughs> You know the podcast. It is called uh, the Smash Past. You know, yet not dashed podcast because, of course, you know everyone who's been on. You know, they've had those new moments yeah. in their life. You know, where they truly have been kind of beaten down. They have been smashed. They have been bashed. And I know going back to you know, since I mean, of course, I've known you a really, really long time. Um, you've had some of these moments, right? Um, do you want to talk yeah. about some of these that you know times in your life where um, they, they've been trying times? So you know, yet yeah, and um, so let's just talk about them, and, and then we'll we'll see what really happened. You know, post that as well. Sure. Are so, you good? Stuff? Yeah, I mean, sorry. So you just said that you've known me for so many years. I was like, "Chalo, he's going to bring up something." Chalo, I'm ready. What right. are we talking? Yeah, no. So generally, I mean, for you, what would be your biggest smash bash moments where you truly were, you know, beaten down and you said, "Okay, you know, how do we come through this?" I think. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges for me while I was growing up had nothing to do with work or money or anything like that. It would definitely have been a situation where. um it was it's always been about uh family for me in terms of family's always been extremely extremely important to me and yeah. my really the people that are like at my core uh, of whatever the definition of family is for me which would be my mo- mother and my sister and i struggled a lot when i was in uh, high school especially to like form like this relationship with my mom and my sister and like for us to be close and like i just had this ideal definition of what a family is meant to be like and um and obviously minus our dad like i just knew that it, it was like three of us you know and obviously the was in this relationship with this guy called aman who is now her husband which is great they were high school sweethearts and everything both were each other's first boyfriend and girlfriend it's a super sweet story mm-hmm. um but like she was so enamored by this relationship they both were so like she would give him so much priority over like me and i'd get upset about it like i i remember i went to his dorm one day in woodstock cuz he was also in woodstock mm-hmm. and i went to him cuz it was like my birthday and i always was her birthday i don't remember mm-hmm. it was my birthday cuz he got me a box of crackles i should mm-hmm. like crack 
and I went to his dorm and I called for him and I'm like, I was like, hey man, it's really uncool, you know, like you're taking my sister away from me and it's not birthday and I want to spend time with her. I was so naive back then. I was like 15 or 16. I was just like, okay, I don't want to spend time with the sister, you know, thinking like she's busy spending time with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's not giving her any time. Not realizing, which I realized later in mm-hmm. hindsight, that mm-hmm. they were obviously spending time together because they wanted to, like voluntarily. It wasn't like, you know, she was being forced to spend time with him. Right. But like, it, it felt like that. I was like someone's taking her away from me or something like that. I don't know. So it took, it took me some time to like understand that. And like, you know, I had to like work on a bunch of things about it. And I think I still struggle with some of that today, which right. is just, I mean, you, it's always like a work in progress, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I've become so much better. And, and the thing is, cause you don't want to, there's a very fine line between becoming so detached from wanting to be with somebody or mm. having a certain amount of expectation especially when family is involved which is always a very tricky situation for everybody um, but to still kind of like give them enough leeway where you just have enough distance with yourself that you're like I love them and it's cool if you know they don't have the time for me but I still love them and it's cool and if they need me I'll be there mm. so this was that I kind of had to form on my own and like have this kind of resilience within myself for right. myself as well as for my you know my sister and my mother yeah. and uh, it was also obviously my mother was really sick since I was a kid like you know since I was like three she had cancer and stuff like that and that's always something that's like even if it's like I, I had brought it it was also the forefront of my mind and then I put it mm-hmm. in the back of my mind when I started working and stuff because I was like this is nothing new I know this information already and I do know she's going to be sick and I do know she's going to pass away at some point in time and right. I would have and I think mainly because I was living on my own since I was 19, I got to work a lot on myself. You know, I did so much. I still do. Um, because you become so self-aware because you're spending so much of this time with yourself. I didn't have a TV in my house for like 12 years when I moved to Bombay. Because I was like, I don't need a TV. I don't want to be distracted. I would rather like, you know, just meditate and focus on things and whatever. Build a practice that would that would help me. Sorry, my dog is playing with a toy. Um, so... And then my grandfather passed away and then, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like, have, there was there was just a lot going on um, yeah. through the years with all of this. Um, but now I feel like it's so much better. Um, yeah. I don't know what the point was of me telling this whole long story. No, no, I, I totally get it because, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, so like Tanya, even my mom, like she too struggled with illness, you know, from the time yeah. I was 12, uh, you know, till uh, I think she passed away when I was 27. Uh, but she was a real trooper, as was your mom as well, right? And uh, I get it, um, you know, and sometimes people are like, okay, you know, you're so close, you're, uh, you know, a little, uh, you know, less emotional. I mean, that's putting it mildly. I mean, the joke is that if you cut my, you know, uh, my my wrist, you might actually have ice flowing on my wings. So <laughs> I, I think it, I think it's also like a little bit of a defense mechanism where we kind of, you know, because of what we've seen, perhaps, I think uh, we just react a little differently, maybe. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm the opposite of that actually. Because when I was a kid, like, when I was very young, like, even before I was in my twenties, you know, I like before I went to Woodstock, basically, I would like not hug people, and like, you know, I just wouldn't. I would be like, hey, I was in school, and I was always always full of the jokes and the banter and all of that. And then mm-hmm. once I went to Woodstock, and I had like these discussions and sessions with these counselors and stuff over the years, it really helped me so much to deal with a lot of this stuff and you know, really spend time and get to know myself and understand why there's certain things that I do the way I do them. And 
you know, there's this one thing that I discovered, which is like, we all love to tell these stories about ourselves, about our past, and these narratives that we follow. And like, I'm like this because of this. And I'm like this because of this. So just deal with it. And this is the way it is. And that triggers me. And da, 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 da. And I'm insecure because of this. And I'm actually because of that. Mm. Um, and there was a time up until my early 20s that there was just a couple of stories that I would just keep telling. Like, I didn't even realize because it was such an unconscious thing. And when I, whenever I meet somebody new and like, you know, I wanted them to get to know me, I felt like this is something that they would need to know in order to get to know me. Like, this is what I've been through in my life. Yo, let's, let's go through these five chapters and then you'll understand why I'm the way I am. Mm-hmm. Not realizing it was, it's so different from who I have become in the last like 10 years, mm-hmm. um, which is like a 180 because now I just, I meet people like I'm a blank slate. Uh-huh. Like I carry anything with me because there is nothing to carry forth with me. I just, that was the person who had these experiences and that's great. And that moment and that's it. But now in this moment, when I'm having this podcast, I'm not carrying 20,000 things with me of this anxiety and the stress and this, you know, whatever it may be, this expectation or whatever. Right. I have to, I have to come up and sit here like empty and available and create mm-hmm. space. So that then I can also receive what it is, you know, that you are speaking about, what we are bringing together to create mm-hmm. or whatever. Correct. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, it's taken me like all this time to, to get it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I got some of it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's been like a massive learning kind of learning situation. So, yeah. So, yeah, thank you for sharing. So uh, your mom, uh, so of course, you know, someone who's pretty dear to me. And I know she came up when I went to Sanaa for the first time. She came for my first WOP, which is like the walkout pass, you know, and I just joined school and uh, she came up and she took me out for lunch and we went to Mushroom Lee, which is on the way up to Kasoli at, at Garkhal. And uh, it was truly the highlight of, of my, you know, that first term because if somebody tried me, came up to see me and all of that. And I thought, I know even when I was really small, I think one time we were heading up to Simla and we were staying at, at your, uh, you know, place in Chandigarh and uh, she gave me, I think, my first encyclopedia, which was a Tell Me Why. Tell so Me Why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a yellow Tell Me Why. And I remember that, uh, you know, so the cover kind of fell off. It's like, you know, keep this. And she goes, it's a nice thing. And I think that's, you know, coming kind of started on my journey of you know, encyclopedias. And then I got, you know, let's more and, and even more. And so all the other Tell Me Why's that followed. So, yeah, yeah she's she a cool person. So deep down um, inside, like even today, do you think you still think you're a um, pretty private person and a situational extrovert? You know, like when this is when the circumstance um, requires you kind of you know flip a switch and you're different and but deep down inside, fairly private. So I don't think that there's different aspects of my personality like that. I just feel as though I can channelize like when I need to be like super out there. Actually, there's no need. There's never a need for me to be a certain way. I'm mm-hmm. so comfortable with being however I'm feeling like being mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, there's no situation that requires to me, it requires anything of me in terms of, hey, Barney, be happy right now. Hey, Barney, be sad right now. Hey, Barney, be 100% active and like socialize with every single person. Mm-hmm. I don't put that kind of an expectation on myself. And I have, and I've said this a couple of times, like I have, I have zero problems letting down your expectations of me, dudes. I got zero problems <laughs> to that. You know, you're the ones with the expectations. I, I don't really care about that. Yeah. I can't, happening with me and what's inside me and like what I feel comfortable doing so I don't give myself any of that pressure at all I enjoy interacting with people um I enjoy cracking jokes and like you know I enjoy funny banter and intelligent Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. I am a pretty playful person that way like I just you know and then there's definitely days where I'm like way too zen out from meditation and then like I just want to like go and like train 
and I do that. So I give myself, I'll give myself that that leeway to do whatever it is, that space actually. I give myself the space to do whatever I want I want to do it. And I'm very lucky to be in a position, very fortunate to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it with whoever I want to do it. You know, it's yeah. cool. If I want to yeah. go, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, something that I've wanted to do since I was a kid because I saw my mom and the way she used to struggle and stuff. And I was like, yo, and this is the biggest life lesson that I learned from watching my mom struggling and stuff when we were like, we were just like toddlers, mm-hmm. which is that, you know, anytime in life that you don't know, that, that you don't know what you want, um, or you do know what you want. Oh, actually, if you don't know what it is that you do want, life is definitely, you're definitely going to be in a position at any given point in time where you're just like, okay, I 100% know what I do not want my life to be. Oh, you know, I don't want to be in this situation. Be better? That would be better than this situation. Okay, let me focus on that right now. Mm-hmm. So, so this was something that I definitely wanted since I was a kid, which was I wanted to be financially independent, never answer to anybody and just do whatever I want, man. Just do whatever I want, you know, and live without judgment. Uh, so <laughs> like that. yeah. that's life. And that's literally what I've been living since as long as I can remember. And it's, not, and it's not by accident, dude. It's just not by accident. Yeah, completely by design. Awesome. Do you like, uh, are you big uh, into like setting goals and are you actually like setting goals, writing down goals and kind of doing a review on your goals and stuff like that? So I'm not like a person who plans like five-year plan, 10-year plan, nothing like that. It's mm-hmm. way more generalized that like, it's, I have a very generalized outlook on my life. Yeah. Uh, four things that I know for a fact that is going to, that my life is going to have. Like I'm definitely going to be happy. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be always doing things that uh, in production of, you know, having my creative juices flowing, um, and always, I will always be creating something, whether it's me in front of the camera, whether it's me behind a camera, whether it's me on a canvas or whether it's me in a book or whether it's me just making clothes or whatever it may be, yeah. it's going to, always going to have heart in it because I can't do anything if I'm not in it 110%. Mm-hmm. I'm not even half as anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. So it's just, just what it is. Yeah. And yeah, speaking about clothing, you have a clothing line coming up, right? I heard about that. Yeah. Um, so excited about it because mm-hmm. it's finally completion, and I was like, yes! I was taken a while, man. It's taken like five years. I had like two, three people have tried out to like get samples and fabrics and stuff like that. All of them let me down except for this guy. This one guy is the mm-hmm. guy. So excited about it. Awesome. So, with that, I'm sure it's going to like be be massive. So, awesome. Yeah, I'm so psyched about it because I know I feel I have such a good feeling about it and I love it. I love feeling like that because I just like nothing can go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's a good attitude to have for sure. So yeah. you're so big on exercise and diet and, you know, so when you first started out, um, what is that kept you going? Because I think, I think once you, once you get into the rhythm of things, you know, it gets kind of easier but when you first started out, like what was, you know, one of the big challenges and how did you overcome that? Because I think that is a big problem with, with people today that they just don't know how to start and, you know, how to then keep the momentum going. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, motivation was never a problem with me, has never been a problem with me. Mm-hmm. It's just, Never been an issue. Um, the only thing that I struggled with when I got to the gym was how do why am I not strong, dude? Why am I? Why I'm not, how do I lift this? It's so heavy. <laughs> like you know, I'd be like, why? Why I don't want to lift the small dumbbells. I want the big dumbbells. <laughs> you know, like come on, man, don't do me like this. <laughs> like come on, man. But why are you going to embarrass me like that? Like, come on, dude. Like, you know, mm-hmm. but that was like something that I just, I was like, come on, dude. So in me in within myself, I knew that I had it in me to be strong. And I had like this, I just knew, like, I just knew that I would eventually have the body that I have today. I would just have to work for it. And I had no problem working for it. I was like, I got to 
this gap from here to there from where I want to be, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I've been doing it for years. And because you see the changes, you see the changes in how you're feeling, those five kgs get lighter, you know, over some weeks and then you get 10 kgs and 20 kgs. And uh, yeah, and I never thought that I would ever in my life have a 150 kg deadlift under my belt. I never thought I'd be able to lift 100 kgs for like two, three reps. I never thought, never thought about it. But at that point in time, I started with like, I just want to be able to lift 20 kgs. I just want to lift 30 kgs. I just want to lift 40 kgs. I just want to be able to pull up without any support, you know. It was stuff like that. And I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't like there was somebody there who was like watching me and say, oh, she, oh, she's done 10. Oh, she's done 20 now. Oh, she's done 5. Oh, she's done 3. Oh, she didn't do that. Like there was, I don't have a critical voice in my mind at all. I've always said that there's this one voice in my head and it's much bigger, you know. I have like a squad in there and I've always had it. I've never, I've never, um, I'm never uh, critiquing myself. I'm never. That's amazing. But I think a lot of people are just being too hard on themselves. I, I, nah, I'm, always, I'm so hard on myself and I do this and I do this and I'm just like, that's not productive. I mean, I don't know. I can't imagine what that must be like. Yeah. Like in my, got this man, you got it. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the word in my head. It speaks in like 20 different, different you know, languages and accents. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah, like that's to be being in a really, really good space. So advice for people, you know, who are avoiding exercise and avoiding, you know, eating healthy. Um, what's your, what's your, you know, advice to them? Let's just say. I don't give advice to anybody about training and exercise. I just don't do it because uh, if they really wanted to do it, they'd be doing it. And it's as simple as when people say, you know what, you can't help people unless they want to help themselves. I'm like, you're hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. And people like, I can't do that. I'm like, you're right. You can't do it. So I'm not gonna waste my time. Bye. Like literally, it's like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, and then there's so many people that come up to me that, like, hey, uh, tell me how to do this now. And I'm like, no, I don't want to tell you. You just want to waste my energy and hear me talk about it for 25 minutes, and then you reply none of it. You know, it happens so often. Uh, but I just uh, people who are not into lifting don't be into lifting. Find right. something. And I say this on my Instagram as well. Like just because you see me lifting in and out every single day does not mean you have to lift as well. I want whatever I'm doing uh, in whatever energy that I'm bringing to just inspire people to move your bodies. You don't have to lift 100 kgs. You don't even have to lift 20 kgs if you don't want to. Your thing can be yoga. Your thing can be music. Your thing can be taking a walk with your dog. Your thing can be just going and feeding the birds. Your thing can be sitting on a park bench watching the sunset. You Mm. You just... Have a thing. Just have a thing that makes you be in a day. And then your whole life will eventually become like that one thing if that's what you want. You know, it's just too much work, I feel, honestly, to ask or to even put it on anybody else and ask them to change their entire life. Like, there's so many people in my life that I've come across and I'm just like, oh, man, they're just sleeping, dude. They're fully asleep and they need to wake up. And who on earth is going to, whose responsibility it is, is it to wake them up? And I realized this after having been that person to try and wake them up and say, bro, live your life. You know, like, what are you doing? Mm. Wake up, you know? Mm. And I've met a couple of people like that. And I've also realized it's a very important thing that's missing in between trying to wake somebody up and them waking up, which is that their receptivity of it. So they have been a receiving mode of wanting they have to be hungry for that change, for that transformation, because it literally is a transformation. Like there's so many people that I've met in my life where, and I've seen it in myself, which is when, you know, there's this saying, um, and it goes, and I'm paraphrasing, which is something like, you know that a transformation 
that begins whether mentally or emotionally will set this chain of thought or action off in somebody's life mm-hmm. and it be inspired by action right so it's a, it this the action and the will to do something physically yeah. has to emotionally inspired situation or like something has to happen within you and then the transformation becomes complete when you see it manifested in them physically now this goes both ways it can be with sickness and health and stress mm-hmm. and it with just a person blossoming and just coming out the other end having realized what their true calling and purpose is and there's a shift in their energy and their physicality changes you know it just like that's what it is and i've i've met like not a lot of people just one or two people literally that i've known that have changed like this like the physicality has changed man mm-hmm. sickness and Ill, illness and health and stress so i've seen hundreds of people around me falling prey to this right and right they can blame it on the environment all they want but they are their environment their mind is their environment their body is their environment so very true you know yeah no agree 100% 100% deep stuff yeah man it's like uh, next week yeah. like uh, a, a coach as well is why i don't do podcast very often this is why i don't talk much also because then when i do then i feel like i'm talking about things that not a lot of people can understand and then for me to explain it also it just i feel as though then i'm just gone into a tangent that people not a lot of people can understand you know what i mean so then i'm just like i as cool keep it you know i don't know so yeah, yeah. so Yeah, I, I get that. I see where you're coming from. But tell me this. I mean, you know, youth icon for sure. I mean, so many people look up to you. In the office, I was saying, hey, I'm doing a podcast with Bonnie. It's like, really? And everyone's like sending me like a whole bunch of questions, you know, a bunch yeah. of stuff. And obviously, I didn't take too many of them up. But people are really excited. So point being this, I mean, I work with a lot of you today. We, you know, uh, have a lot of, you know, them that we interact with. I've been going into colleges and speaking over there as well. So what they don't realize is that, you know, and I'd like for you, like building your brand, you know, all of this and, you know, has building your following. All of this has taken time. It's taken effort. But everyone wants, just wants today, you know, they want like really, Really quick results and this could be anything right from a body to like you know a, a instagram following to anything they just they just want everything to be done at like really really quickly and instant gratification so advice to these guys because like i said they really look up to you and be great to you know yeah just have some thoughts from your perspective well the one thing that makes the most sense to me when it comes to in regards to training and fitness and health and dieting It's like when people say like, oh man, can you teach me how to get rid of this on, you know, spot reduction on their bodies or how do I lose this fat? What's the best way? 10 minute, 10 minute workout, but I, yeah, and all that. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. bro, mm-hmm. did you become fat in 10 minutes? <laughs> did you get love handles in five days? Mm-hmm. Then expect them to disappear in that much time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that, you know? So... that's literally because that's something that they can relate to because they know they didn't get fat overnight you know it took a couple a lot of bad habits you got to imply like now good habits and reverse all of that because you can do it but it's going to take work and yeah. you just a shortcut because you think it's going to be easy but guess what man nothing mm-hmm. most things in life worth having and worth doing are not going to happen at the snap of a finger and the best part about this whole analogy of good things taking time mm-hmm. is that it's all got to do with momentum of thought and belief right, right. now i've had enough thought and momentum has picked up on my beliefs about the kind of life i'm going to live about the money i'm going to have 
about the businesses I'm going to own and everything. I've been working on this. It's got more to do with the action that you do not see. Mm. Then it has to do with what you can see that I am physically doing. It has more with me doing nothing physically, the action. It has more with me sitting here and knowing and having this feeling of, you know, 100% conviction and belief in every cell of my body that my life is going to turn out 100% the way that I want it to turn out without me having to break into a sweat. Unless I'm gym. You know, no, and people will be like, what do you mean? And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, how do I explain what I've learned in the last 10 years to you in five minutes? I can't do it. I can't do it. Agreed. But that's not my goal. That's not my purpose is not to explain these things to people. You know what I mean? That's somebody else's goal and somebody else is calling. Agreed. But that's just, and so now after having set this emotional, emotional thing, after having set this motion of momentum, it's gathered so much of speed and whatever that now I'm at a point in my life that if there's anything I want to do I can snap my fingers and do it yeah. Yeah. I to me it doesn't feel like it happened overnight because I wasn't trying to make it happen overnight you know but now I'm at a place in my life where if there's something I want I want to make something happen overnight I probably could you know I could Correct. and I got to this place by not being in a hurry by having faith and a hundred percent belief in myself of where I was going to land up and the main thing is the main trick of the biggest hack is like people believe. Ek to people don't understand what a belief is. Mm. A belief is you keep repeating to yourself. It's like mm. an affirm. It's like when you say, oh, I can't eat spicy food. Then guess what? You can't eat spicy food. You know, but I really can't because don't, don't, don't justify your bad beliefs to me, bro. You know, I don't think, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like people say, oh man, I really want to buy that, but like I don't have the money. There is nothing in my life. I have never uttered the statement. I have never said it. Right. Don't live my life with that kind of a belief system. My cheerleader will not allow it. Nah, bruh. My cheerleader is like, yeah, we got this, man. If not today, tomorrow, we're going to have it. And I'm like, yeah, we are, you know. And then I always tell people this other thing, which is like, I'm just skimming the, the surface of all of these things because yeah, yeah, yeah if they want mm-hmm. the rest of the the next thing is about forgot what I was saying about skimming the surface of this do what you want uh, yeah you want the belief piece and you know having faith and uh, I forgot mm-hmm. right, <laughs> it's gone. come back it's gone that's what happens you know it's life <laughs> so, I mean like I said some of the things that you shared have been like you know so so good and I think um, a lot of people really really resonate and connect uh, with that. the biggest hack uh-huh. the biggest exactly. hack if people can understand if you so most people believe that this statement is true tell me if you agree or not to be successful takes a lot of struggle and hard work Limiting yes belief? or no Oh, right. Exactly. Yeah. Once you start thinking on those lines, then you've had it because then it's exactly. going to be a struggle and it's going to be hard. But here's the thing that most people don't understand. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that this is a limit keyword, what you just said, limiting belief. Mm-hmm. And they don't understand the difference between limiting and belief. They don't understand how that in a sentence is causing mm-hmm. just ops own way. You're just standing in your own way by saying, nah, I'm limited. Mm-hmm. Nah, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. But it takes so much work, you know. So they're looking at it the wrong way. They need to kind of change. And that takes like a huge unlearning process and then relearning it and then feeling it. Like I'm saying, you got that emotional 
there's a reason that we're emotional beings and there's a reason that we have brains and we can think that's all energy that we can use to create magic that we want in our lives dude it's yeah. so yeah. it's actually very simple i'm not saying people want to struggle with it even the ones who understand it there's mm-hmm. days when i wake up and i'm like wait what happened and i'm like why am i feeling like this this is not how I want to feel how do I want to feel I'll tell you and then I start to feel lovely but it literally takes that like two days ago I was struggling with something like I saw something and somebody sent me something and I was like why did why did they send me that mm-hmm. why did and now I'm thinking about the past and you know oh here's the here there was this thing this is the one that's amazing if you can understand it mm-hmm. people like to live in their past and they keep replaying their memories of their past and that holds them back instead of reliving your limiting beliefs that have come from situations that you have had experiencing in your past try this instead try remembering your future i'll say it again mm-hmm. try remembering your future and what that looks like and do it all the time okay one day you'll open the door to your three bedroom apartment overlooking a view like this and say wow i dreamt of this like a year ago and now here i am yeah. i'm not even, i'm not joking i envisioned this apartment like a year ago or something yeah. and i got it it's it's that's it that's all there is to it. you just got to literally believe okay. you're not going to believe that sounds like so much hooky pooky okay then it's hooky no. pooky bro that's your limiting belief you got it that's what it is Oh, with you 100%. Like I said, I mean, my vision board is all over the place, right? And there'd be like printouts everywhere. Like I open my cupboard in the vision board. I wake up in the morning in the vision board. People are like, what's up with you, dude? Like, you know, and I know years ago, I wrote out a check and I said, hey, that's the check I'm going to cash out. I know it's a gym yeah. thing. But yeah, and then this, this is the building I'm going to own. That's where my office is going to be. And people are like, dude, it's never going to happen to you. You're just like this tiny ass gifting company in Delhi and it's never going to happen. And today, those conversations are different. So I totally relate with what you just said. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I said even even in the space that you know we're now in and the things that we do, there's there's interesting things happening. So so totally get that. Yeah. And uh, I just wish more people got it. Mm-hmm. So, but there's a lot of work that goes into being able to do it, 100%. and a lot of people don't want to do that, or they're just lost and don't know how to start. Yeah. But yeah. but that's what I keep saying. When you want it bad enough, you're gonna be able to find the way to do it. You True. just they're not in the place right now where they want it to happen yeah already so yeah yeah but I mean, some of your listeners definitely are on that path because we've been talking about it for such a long time now, so yeah uh-huh. so i'm just wrap it up maybe last three four questions because i know it's almost coming to an about an hour as well um when you go back to chandigarh okay like do you have people who you know when you were starting out in your journey who kind of you know were skeptical and they said oh you know she will not account too much and this path that she's on is not really going to you know play out too well for her and today they're like oh my god this is like so inspirational so there's been like a 180 degree flip in in the way they actually see you and, and the way they saw you and the way they look at you now do you see that a lot i actually you know this is the cool thing about like when we talk about momentum and beliefs and all of that like mm-hmm. i have always i've never paid attention to people talking shit i just don't do it i stopped when i went on roadies uske baad to i was like i'm never going to be surrounded by people who don't believe in me i'm never going to be surrounded by this mm-hmm. because i knew at that point in time it started out with me saying nah i believe in myself i know what i got i know i i know and it was just here it was just here. i didn't need this was what it was i did i've never needed validation outside of me 
I've also not had much of it since I was a kid and stuff. Like I, I never got it that much for whatever reason. I never got it that much. And I am thankful for the fact that I didn't get it as much, even though maybe I needed it or wanted it as a kid. I'm not even sure, but mm-hmm. I don't have that. But what I do know for a fact is there was a point in my life where it stopped 100% mattering to me what people ate thought of me, what be what they were what they were saying about me. I just didn't care because the only voice that mattered to me was the one in here saying, "You got this," Super. and that and that voice has like been with me forever because I am my own best friend. <laughs> Because uh, I feel like your relationship with yourself is the most important one. People say like, "Hey, what's the most most what's the most important relationship to you? Who's your best friend?" And I'm always like, "Me, duh." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I've been there for me since day one, yo. Who's my day one? Me. That's right. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But like you know, it's it's kind of like that. Um, people that I'm known in Chandigarh. So I I'm in a space where I only have people in my life that I love. Yeah, that I love and that love me unconditionally. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've always wanted in my life, and I have it. Yeah. yeah, and I don't really give a shit if people doubt me, man. I don't hear it. I don't see it. It doesn't come to to me on wherever on whatever frequency I'm at. It don't reach mm-hmm. me. It's not another channel. You know, I'm not for that channel. Again, I think great insight because a lot of people really get you know pulled down by the haters and they just you know ah. you know hate on me or I wrote that comment or something and then they just they just waste a lot of time then you know and yeah. a lot of mind space in just getting kind of beaten up about that. I just think, again, super insight that just let it be, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I think when I was younger and on Instagram and I had started Instagram, Instagram wasn't what it was like a few years ago in India, especially. Mm-hmm. I joined it as a part, to be a part of the fitness community, fitful mm-hmm. community and that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. people scroll back, if you scroll back far enough in my Instagram, you can see it started off as my fitness journey, me tracking my food and like how I started. All those posts are still up there, why would I remove them? Right. Uh, I, I love that, you know, people go back all the way to it and they're like, wow, this is what she started. I look where she's at now because they can mm-hmm. see it. They can see the physical transformation happening in front of them. Yeah. And yeah. Roll by and see it. And in it, you can also see the difference in my tone and the way that I'm speaking about my journey. Sure. And I stopped giving a fuck about, sorry about swearing, about other people's opinions. Like they were they, like in the middle, I think a few years ago, there were so many people, magazines and stuff that were interviewing me about like, oh, you talk so much about body shaming and stuff. I was like, do I? They're like, yeah, you talk about, you know, like how you don't give a shit about what people think. I was like, yeah, because I don't, but that, I don't know how, but they were making it about, making it about me talking about my body and stuff just because I was posting pictures of me from the gym talking about, I don't give a fuck what people say. Mm-hmm. But it was a belief in every aspect of my life, as opposed to just me in and out of the gym. Yeah. Um, it didn't give a fuck. And mm-hmm. I just don't. Yeah. I, and I talked a lot about how patched. And it was, I remember it was this one post I made about society has little boxes and trying to fix, fit me into these boxes. Mm-hmm. And I refused to because that's, you know, it's so unnecessary for me to try and fit into a mold that you've set for me to make yourself more comfortable. I understand what. It, but I'm not here for that. I'm not here to make you feel more comfortable and to make you feel safe and mm-hmm. to make you feel sure and to make you feel like, you know, whatever it is that you're insecure about. Like, I'm not here for that. I'm here for me, dude. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry you got issues. Work on them. I'm sure you can be better. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm for that. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a highly empathetic human being, but mostly with myself first. Yeah. Then I come to you. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to put your mask on first, right? Before you're going to be helping the person on the seat next to you. 
especially the children. So how are the next uh, few months and years looking for you? What's what's really planned out? What's lined up? And what are you excited about uh, in the next um, months and years? Well, I have shoots starting on Monday. Sunday, I have to fly out. Monday, I'm shooting. And then I've, I'm shooting for a few days and I come back, which is for this film. We have to finish shooting. I was doing this Tamil film. So we have a few days left on that. I have to shoot there. I think there's an outdoor schedule for that. And then I think we start four more shots season three, finally. Mm-hmm. Excited about that as well. And mm-hmm. then... There's like this other show that I'm supposed to, there's like a show and a movie and some other stuff that's supposed to be happening. It's been on hold for like the past six months. So, but I think it's all coming together now. So that's going to be fun. And then of course the clothing line. I'm super excited about that. I've also started my YouTube. So we are vlogging now. We vlog it now, yo. So all over the place, but it's fun because, but the only thing when I'm, when I'm making like a vlog and I'm working on that for my Mm -hmm. YouTube, then I don't post stories while I'm doing that because I like to do everything 100%, like everybody knows. <laughs> so if I'm doing the YouTube, I'm going to do 100% of the YouTube and I'm going to just let like people know, yo, do you want to see this? And if they say yes, all right, then I'm going to work on it and I'm going to just shoot that. Um, so that the that vlog should be ready in like a day, I think by tomorrow because I was sitting with the editor for like four hours and we got so mm-hmm. much done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm just doing things that I enjoy doing, that I love to do. Okay. And yeah. So perhaps a concluding question now. So COVID really has messed up a lot of people in the head, right? It's it's been uh, you know kind of a pause, you know, for many they haven't really been able to get out and live the lives that they were. And many people right now, and again, I would know the reason why I call it smash bash yet not dash. But people who are kind of smashed and bashed right now, your advice to everyone who's just struggling to bounce back. I mean, that would be just be parting thoughts. Hmm. Oof, let's see. I'm just I'm just thinking of there was this uh, a few months ago, the end of last year. The end of last year, mm-hmm. I had four existential therapy sessions that I did um, because I felt like I was having an existential crisis. I went, I literally felt like I went through it, and it was so unlike me and the kind of person that I believed to be. That I was like, what's happening? Like I was questioning everything, but what is the point? And my question was always, but what is the point? Mm. we're gonna die what is the point what is the point of me doing anything why do i have to do that no what's the point of that no but why am i training no what's the point i questioned everything i just woke up one day for many days and i just kept questioning everything and mm. i meditated and i would do my pages and this was a time when i had stopped doing my morning pages so there was a bunch of things that i was not doing that i would normally do and then this happened and then i was like all right and then this is there's this thing which is like your you have like an awareness and then you have you right and so I got so caught up in the you of it, in the me of it, that it took me some time to get back to the awareness side of things where I could then have enough distance between what was happening actually and then observing it as opposed to getting caught up in the chaos of it, right? Which is where a lot of people get lost and then they just they just drown, you know? So when that happened to me, I was like, all right, let's do these existential therapy sessions. I'm going to do it. Let's find mm-hmm. out what's happening, man. Let's mm-hmm. delve into it. And mm-hmm. usually, I'm not, a fan, I'm not a fan of like that slow progressive therapy where they talk about your past for 8,000 hours and then all of right. that stuff. Right. You know, so now tell him, tell it to me because I think I'm evolved enough to get it. You know, don't make me guess shit. Let's just get there. Let's just get there today. You know, <laughs> yeah. so... I understood what had happened in that situation and it led to such a conclusion in my life from this one relationship that I was really hoping that I would just 
move on from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was like just something that it was like the remnants of of the past or something that was still there and i just really wanted to push through it and come out the other side and it was such a massive wanting which is what i understood which is why i had to go through this and question every single thing that led me to the sessions then i made this conclusion and then i came out the other side like shining and all that i won mm-hmm. <laughs> but i that just suffice to say that i went through this yeah remember speaking to two of my friends about my closest friends about and they were just like oh, what's happened to you are you okay they were like mm-hmm. so worried mm-hmm. and i was like no i don't understand why this is happening but i want to understand what it is and like you know uh but at that point the thing that definitely helped me was doing my morning pages um and 100% meditation helped me a lot so those are just things and obviously training i just did not stop training i trained no matter what even if my heart was in it i fucking trained i just got it done because mm-hmm. it's what it is some days and you just say ain't nothing to it but to do it these are just things i say all the time ain't nothing to it but to do it just got to do it man are you going to sit going to train let's train you know because i'm not a sitting down moving person i like to do move my ass and get a shift of energy happening and then i whatever it is so for people who are struggling with things like this in your questioning stuff i would honestly honestly say try and meditate download some apps that can really help you and uh, and even just when you're just inhaling and exhaling just focusing on something that is other than your thoughts just being able to shift that energy from your thoughts Right. on to for even 5 seconds 10 seconds 1 minute right will help you break that chain of being stuck in that negative loop mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. all honestly say just go for a run go walk up and down the stairs in your building for 20 minutes you'll be sweating like a mad person and then you just be want to be you'll be so tired you just have to sleep and then guess what you'll wake up and then you can try and align yourself again right. and but you have to wake up with the intention of wanting to be in a better place yeah. you got to set that intention with yourself how long do you want bad about this five minutes all right give us a five minutes time yourself mm-hmm. it's done now get up and do something you know what i mean you just have to you have to be like give yourself some tough love give yourself some tough love man you know yeah so and just know that it's a choice you got a choice dudes you got a choice make a choice what choice you making Mm-mm-mm. don't yeah. make it a choice make it a conscious choice yeah yeah i love that so meditate um journal and uh, stay in action and if you need help you know go out and get some because uh, yeah. yeah yeah awesome so thank you so very much for this i know we've come to almost an hour and we've probably gone on for longer but uh, you probably have stuff to get done as well and uh, appreciate you doing this i mean like i said this this is so precious i feel like getting my book back from the publishers and i'm saying hey we need to we need to put this section from here and there now so i told you no my even like not actually doing that but thank you appreciate you taking out uh, you know time from a very very busy schedule and i'm i'm sure once we you know, put this out there you're going to have um you know a lot of people who are really going to appreciate what you shared today because i think it really came from the heart and um, yeah so um, you take care and uh, again wishing you all the best with the clothing line super excited and if there's something that you know we can do there in terms of help you in, in terms of you know um pushing that out there etc you know happy to have to have a conversation around that of course as well and um, you know good luck with the restart of all the shoots and the travel and and everything else so stay safe stay well and uh, thank you yeah have a fun good day okay. podcast right already then thanks so much thank you thanks bye